0: Yeah, uh, Owen and I often get, you know, um, confused with one another by other people, so um, I'll, I'll be the casual Owen, you know, dressed up. The today. Um, strive for greatness, you know, that's the title, uh, overarching title of the lessons today. And, um, you know, I even forgot, you know, earlier this week, you know, it's the NBA finals, right? Um, basketball is my, my first love, but, you know, I'm a Laker fan, so now that now the Lakers haven't been that good... And Kobe is retired. you know, my interest in basketball is kind of waned. Um, But LeBron is in the finals once again, eight straight years. And um, one of his slogans, actually from Nike, uh, LeBron is a Nike athlete. So I appreciate you uh, talking about just doing it. As a Nike shareholder, I appreciate that. (laughs) But one of his slogans is strive for greatness. Uh, He writes it on his shoes, you know, it's a hashtag all that, you know, because um, obviously LeBron, you know, this guy came, you know, single mother raised him from, you know, very impoverished uh, part of uh, uh, Ohio, um, and now he's one of the most popular athletes in the world, um, married, you know, kids, um, clean record, you know, he's a great model to, for kids to look up to, and strive for greatness is kind of what he champions as, you know, look at me, you know, strive for greatness, um, that's, what I, that's what helped me get to where I'm at. And so I thought it'd be good to talk about striving for greatness as Christians, as followers Amen. of Jesus. Amen. Um, in when you look in the scriptures, uh, the Bible talks about greatness a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, Jesus talks about it. his disciples talked about it, even people that weren't even Christians talked about being, uh, being great. Um, and even in the world, like, you know, everyone wants to be great. Everyone wants to be, you know, um, you know, uh. Uh, lifted up and, and you know to be seen a, as great essentially um, and so I want to talk about three areas as Christians that we need to strive to be great in um, but before you head into that uh, turn me to Luke chapter 7 um, great. greatness is something you know as, as I grew up you know um, I always struggled with this concept because I, I'm named after my father um, my father was a very influential, not was, is a very influential figure in, in, uh, in the Portland metro area um started his own uh, his own nonprofit in the mid 90s, very successful. Um, he's, a, he's the, currently the DJ for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, a lot of people know him and so me having the same name, um, a lot of people expect me, you know from when I was young age expect me uh, to be him. you know okay. I have the same name. Yeah, yeah I know Stevie <laughs> 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 but I have the same name um, even even to the day people ask me you know I, 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 I prep myself for it. They asked me, you know, what his name, and I was like, oh, are you a DJ too? Like they asked me, that's like the first question, follow-up question they asked me. I'm like, no, I'm not a DJ. I'm not my dad. I'm David Jackson. Um, <laughs> um and so when I named my I I, I named my son after uh my uh, myself and my dad and my grandfather. Um and so I know what he's kinda has to live up to. I can't think of a better name, honestly. Um, but, uh, so I kinda know what he's in for, uh, but the, the the concept of greatness, I always shied away from because I felt the pressure of wanting to live up to, to my dad man. and his name. And I felt like, man, that's not something, I can't even do that. And so even as the Bible, when it comes to being great as a Christian, that could be, that was a, was a concept that was kind of hard for me to understand. So I want to do a little study and, I'll, um, and share with you what God has shown me. Uh, in Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 18, <coughs> the Bible reads, John's disciples told him all of these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who's to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who's to come, or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. After John's message is left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it was written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of a woman, there is no one greater than John. Mm. Yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Um, so here I can kind of relate to John and, and uh, this uh, situation. John, right, you know, was called to prepare the way for Jesus. And even when John is in prison, he's like, hey, you know, are, are you the one who, who we should expect? Right. And Jesus goes to explain, you know, like how how great uh, John was and is at that time. Um, but says, hey, those um, yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. Mm. Um And when I read this, I'm like, you know what? When it comes to the concept of striving for greatness, I need to understand one thing, and I think we all need to understand one thing: we are called to be great by God. Um, There's no running away from it. There's no kind of trying to rationale uh, about you know where we came from, what what background, what limitations we feel like we have. All of that doesn't matter. Here, Jesus lays it out: as great as John was, those in the least uh, says those who is who are the least in the kingdom of God. Will be greater than John. Mm. Mm. We are called to be great, but the question I have for the room is: Are, are we striving to be great as Christians? Mm-hmm. Is, is that your mindset? Am I striving to be great in the eyes of God? And this be to be honest, this is something that I like. I said I shied away from. I was like, you know, I don't even think about like being great. Like I like I struggle with that as as a child, and now uh, being a Christian, like I don't want to think about trying to be great. And the more I thought about it, when I, conf- when I was confronted with the scriptures, I had to come to real- the realization that we're all called to be great. Yeah. Um, it does not matter. Um, are we striving to be great? Let's go to Matthew 18. Striving hey, for is, is very important, right? You know, uh, go back to LeBron James, right? I, I kind of laughed when, you know, when I was working uh, for Nike, Nike churns out all these slogans and all these different things that, that catch, you know, they, they have a, their marketing um, machine is... is It's amazing. Um, but when I when I see Strive for Greatest and you see LeBron, I'm like, man, like, there's a lot of people that get tripped up when they look at LeBron like, you know, there's no way that I'm gonna transform myself into the 6'8, 260 basketball player that can dunk anytime he wants, right? Like I can't I can't I can't even (laughs) connect to it with, with with that, right? Um although I, as I shared many times, I I, want, I I too at one point thought I was gonna make it to the NBA. Um argue with my teacher about it. Uh <laughs> but you know greatness is something that, that God wants us to wrap our minds around, right? Like he said and he, that's the reason why they use he used the analogy of John, right? Um John was a dude that was in the desert eating locusts, wrapped in and I think it was like sheep skin or or, or camel skin. Uh, this dude was not something that you would look up and like. Oh, I want to be like that guy. Like this dude was a wild looking. Um, when Owen um was talking about feet, I'm like, I imagine what John's feet was looking. <laughs> um, and I, I know that there's an individual in here that, that does not like feet, so I know even that that imagery. Uh, I won't call that person out, but I know that imagery is 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 you know, <laughs> imagery is, is shocking, but. Jesus used that analogy to say, hey, no, like, I'm not giving you a figure that, that you cannot relate to. Like, there's no excuses. When you look at John, like, hey, you can be as great, even greater than John, and I'm calling you to that. In Matthew 18, Come on, bro. we pick up in uh, verse 1, Jesus wants us to be, right, to be great, God wants us to be great. In Matthew 18, verse 1, says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And whoever welcomes this little child like this in my name welcomes me. Um, being great is a simple concept, right? It's not something that that, that, is, that is hard to attain or we can't realize. We just need to be humble. I know I talked about pride and humility last week. Um, again, God is really uh, trying to hammer into me the concept of making sure that that I'm, I'm at all times striving to be humble. But being great is just a simple matter of just coming for God as you are in humility. God wants us to be great. So my first point. Greatness in the three areas that I feel like we need to strive to be great in. Uh, greatness and devotion. Come on. Um there's a great book that I, that I finally picked up. I referenced it a while back. It's, it's called Taking God at His, at His Word. It's by Kevin DeYoung. It's an amazing book, short read. Um, I definitely recommend you guys, if you have an uh, opportunity to, to purchase it, you can borrow it after I'm done reading, after my wife who uh, snagged it before I can start reading. Um, <laughs> after she's done. Um, but it's an amazing book just simply talking about the Word of God. Um, And there's a great point that the the writer, he starts off with, and he starts off with Psalm 119. Mm -hmm. And we all know, you know, the stats on Psalm 119, the the biggest book in the Bible. Um, But I didn't even realize, you know, and let's keep keep real. Like, I I don't know if, who here has read all of Psalm 119? Like, all of it. It's not a lot. I know, like, it's it's the longest chapter in the Bible, um, longest book in the Bible, uh, most chapters. Um, But Psalm 119 is all about God's word. And not only is it all about God's word, it's about one thing in particular that he highlights. Um, It's it's about God's word and how how we should feel about God's word. It's a love poem, essentially, to God's word. Mm -hmm. Um, Even goes to break down, like, each eight of eight verses, um, each each chunk starts with the the Hebrew alphabet. (laughs) Um, Like, it was so meticulously written that, you know, we can kind of look at it, oh, it's just, you know, Bunch of words flat, you know, on the page, but no, like it was meticulously written, a love poem for God's word, Mm -hmm. and I thought about, you know, my life and there's times that I've I've attempted to write poetry. Um, When I proposed to uh, my wife, I wrote, I wrote a little poem um, that that ended with, you know, something like I have. She has it, you know, framed. But uh, uh, I said, hey, I need to ask. The the ending line was, I need to ask you a question or something like that, and that's when I would. That's when I. Um, and so I like to think of my time, myself sometimes as a poet, right? Like, you know, I, I dabble. Um, but Psalm 119 uh, is all about a poem about uh, the love for God's word. Um, and the writer, he points out to that a lot of people, that they, they, they understand how the importance of God's word, but they don't focus on how uh, important it is that we feel a certain way about God's word. Um, like, do we love the Word of God? Does it make us feel, like, when we read the Word of God, it should make us feel a certain type of way. And the same way we write poems because they inspire us, uh, the people that we maybe we're writing about inspires us, uh, yeah. the Word of God should inspire inspire us and make us feel a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. When you read the Bible, is that how you feel? Do, when, you, when you pick up the Word of God, does it, does it? are you in love with it? Does, does it make you, does it uh, create uh, an emotion from you? If it's not, Dare I say that there, there, there's something that we need to examine within ourselves? Um, the question I have is, you, have you fallen in love with God's word? Um, one of the things that I, that I fear that may be, uh, may be happening to some of us in the room is that we, um, we view God's, God's word as true um, until it's not true, right? We, we view it as true until maybe something happens or, or or when when uh, when something happens in our life that we don't like, then the, the word of God stops being true. But you know, spoiler, alert, the, the word of God is true whether or not we feel whether or not we feel a certain type of way about it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always true. Um, you no, know, it's very important for us to be devoted to the word of God. Um, the word of God, you know, there's so many scriptures that that talk about how the the word of God is is true and it it cuts through the emotions, it cuts through so much of the junk that goes on in our lives, and that's the one thing that we can rely on God's word. Appreciate what Owen says, like, God's word. We're here because the word of God, literally, right? He spoke everything into existence. The word of God is powerful. I want to throw out a a challenge. Uh, You don't have to go there, but Psalms uh, chapter five, verse three, Uh, the writer says, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I will uh, order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. Mm. Uh, Since he's like, hey, in the the morning, I I open your word of God and I I wait uh, for you to reveal yourself. Um, How are your times with God going in the morning? Um, Are you going after really digging into the word of God in the morning? or are you doing a bunch of uh, one uh, going down the checklist of doing a bunch of things other than reading the Word of God? Is this the, one of the first things that you do in the morning? Um, I want to challenge you guys. In the morning, the first thing that you do is one, get on your knees and pray, thank you, God for waking you know for for uh, for waking you up, and then two, get into the Word of God, fall in love with the Word of God. Um, it's the, it, the Word of God. is it, it, true. It never changes, and we need to to be in love with the Word. We need to, to, to uh, really um, uh, strive to be great in our devotion to God in the morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, secondly, the second thing we need to strive to be great in, and that is giving. Um, I appreciate Peter and Lori sharing uh, for the contribution message about there's a lot of things that, that we can even pray for, you know, superficially that, that don't matter. Um, but we need to strive to be great uh, in giving. Turn me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. bro. Um, We've got to fall in love with the Word of God, uh, but we got to strive to be great in giving. And again, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot in our past that shaped, you know what we do now. Um, growing up, you know, I, I definitely my family definitely uh, was not well off. Um, parents were separated, so I definitely relate to Owen. Um, my mother worked two jobs. You know, we we're on welfare for a long period of time. My mom actually worked. Um, in the cafeteria of my elementary school, which is awesome to me, but you know, got made fun of for that um, a lot. Um, but so, I can, so now that I have a family of my own, you know, the, the immediate need is to want to, to give them a life that, that I didn't have, right? Mm-hmm. To provide for them in ways that maybe I felt neglected. And um, the, the, the ways that I kind of catch myself is that like, I am the way I am now, because of how I was raised, of the things that I went through. Yeah. Um, and I would dare say, you know, you know, most, if not all the parents in the room want their children to be like them, right? You know, maybe not the, the, the things that, we, the characters that we don't like about ourselves, but we want our pa- our kids to, to, to have the same values that we hold, right? Mm. And a lot of the values that we got are based off the upbringing that we have. Um, and so when I think about, hey, I want to give my kids a life that, they, that I didn't have, I'm like, well, that's going to... How are they going to turn out like me, right? Because that's how I, I, came, I came up from, you know, not having certain things or experiencing certain things or not having access to certain things, and I, t- I feel like I turned out pretty okay. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny how that can, can uh, kind of shape um, our lives. But to be great in giving... Um, there's some things that we need to understand in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, <clears throat> starting in verse 1, Paul writes, and now brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Mm. Now we can stop right there. Now I don't know anybody who can say, hey, I, I've gotten a generous heart based on being in an extremely challenging situation currently, right? Like these, he's talking about the Macedonian church that are currently in a very challenging situation, mm-hmm. yet they're so generous. Um, that right there blew me away. In <laughs> verse 3, says, For I testified that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely of their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urge Titus, since he had early, uh, earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, and speech, and knowledge, and complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Amen. Uh, here's Paul's is, is calling uh, to the church to be great in their giving. Um, and I believe the same call to the church is, uh, God's call to us too, that we need to be great in giving. Mm-hmm. And we got to understand one thing. It's not about the amount that we give here. Paul is not talking about, uh, any type of, uh, amount that the, the church gives. He's just talking about their hearts. So, Hey, out of their circumstances, they gave, they gave generously yes. and that amount can be a many different things. Mm-hmm. But are we giving, um, out of gratitude, out of, um, generosity in our hearts, um, regardless of our circumstance. Um, that's what makes our giving great when we do that. Um, there's a story that, that I read that, that broke my heart, but did, honestly didn't surprise me. You know, I don't know if you guys heard about this uh, televangelist um, that's asking his, uh, his virtual you know, congregation for $54 million for a jet, for a jet um, in the South. $54 million, he wants a jet. Now, now here's the thing. He already has a couple of jets already. <laughs> but this is a new jet that, that allows him to, to, in his reasoning, to not make as many pit stops. So he can just go off of one tank of, of gas, which costs a lot of money, too. $54 million. And this guy feels, he's very bold about it, feels very good about asking for this amount. And as I was reading the story, I was like, this is why so many people have such a bad heart towards giving. One of the reasons. Is because one, you know, they see people like this that uh, asking $54 million for a jet. Well, we know that money is not going to, to, to really preach the word of God, it's going to get this guy, you know, to point A to B as stylishly as, as possible. Um, and then I thought about what are some other reasons why we don't give. Um, greed is one, right? Uh, fear and worry is another. Lack of trust in God in whom you're given to, right? That televangelists is a lot of reasons people just don't trust who they're given to. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about the church here in Seattle and all of our, our churches in, um, in the movement is that the money doesn't go, is definitely not going to a jet. Um, <laughs> I, I, got a chance, I got a chance to drive uh, uh, Joel's SUV because uh, I was taking Ingrid and their two kids uh, home um, and that car is not not the luxurious of uh, models, right? I was even telling, I was like, bro, you need some new brakes. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, yes, like, Amen. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, I was like, yes. it took me like a full, full four seconds to stop. Um, <laughs> but when I was thinking about this, I was like, man, like how many other churches? Like, yeah, you see the pastors rolling in like the newest model of car, like. Going towards a building that that's that's costing so much, like that's not how we do. The money that that we that we give goes to preaching the word. I right. would not be here if someone didn't give their contribution. Right. Um, I would not be married. I would not have these kids uh, that I have if someone didn't give their contribution. Um We got to understand that, that that God that uh, that God uh, wants us. Uh, it's not about amount. He wants us to give out of generosity, regardless of the situation you have in life. Yeah. Um, no, with the special missions client, I appreciate uh, um, uh, it being brought up. Like it's a it's a great opportunity um, to really one, show how gr- how grateful you are to to be to have the word of God in your life. Mm-hmm. There are people in the in the world. Like I, I can tell you, um, um, I manage the the help manage the the Facebook page and social media for the church, and we get hit up all the time about people from different parts of the country that that just want to hear the word of God. So, hey, do you have a church in this area? Do you have a church in Thankfully, a lot of the areas, we do have churches close by. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all based on special missions contribution. Yeah. The fact that we can even say that, that we have churches there. Um, I want my kids to have that heart as well. Um, we're opening our a, a, a one-day one lemonade stand next week by our house uh, to help raise money for special missions. Um, so awesome. I want my kids to understand, hey, this is why we're, why we're giving, right? And they're fired up, you know, just because they get to make lemonade and, and have fun, but um, they understand, hey, we're, we're raising money for the church, we're raising money so people can hear the word of God. Um, how's your mindset in, on special missions? How's your mindset on giving? Do you understand where what your money is going to? If you don't understand, ask. You got Quentin, you got Stevie, you got Joel, myself, ask, hey, like, where's this money going? What, what why are we raising this? This money. where's my contribution go? Um, They'll tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, Another great thing uh, about the church as well is is that fact. One challenge is let's be great in our giving. Let's really, out of the generosity of our hearts, uh, make sure that we're doing everything that we can to give to God first. Amen? Amen. Amen. And lastly, uh, greatness and purity. Greatness and being holy. Um, You don't have to turn there. Just write down Leviticus 11, verse 44. I want to go old school on you guys. Hmm. Leviticus in verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 44 says, For I am Yahweh, your God, so you must consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. You must not defile yourselves by any swarming creature that crawls on the ground, for I am Yahweh who brought you up from the land of Egypt to be your God. So you must be holy because I am holy. Amen. Um, and the cool thing about that uh, call from God is that, hey, be, be great because I am great, right? Because I am great, you're going to be great. If we serve God. Um, you no, know, another great read is The, the Lion Never Sleeps. You no, know, the Mary's ministry, we, uh, we all signed a copy of the book and we're, we're going to be passing around for those that haven't read it. Another short read, but it's, it's a great uh, visual representation of how Satan goes after us mm-hmm. um, and, and, call, and can take us out if we're not uh, aware yes. of the schemes. Um, but we got to be pure. We got to be holy before God. Are we striving to be great in these areas? Because um, we, if we realize that, hey, God calls us to be great, God calls us to be holy, um, we need to be doing everything that we can um, to be holy. Yeah. Um, are you getting open about some things in your life that you know uh, uh, that you need to be open about? One of the great things, that, uh, again, about being a parent is that, you know, your kids, you know, instinctively know when they're in trouble, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was joking around with, with uh, one of Aaron's kids earlier, like, as a parent, you kind of have just the parent radar, like... Even if it's not your kid, like, you just know something's <laughs> up. Um, and so that kind of happened earlier. But th- th- we, we see our kids and we see, like, that, that instant when they know that, hey, they're, they're not doing what they should be doing. Right. Um, we, we, we're like that, too. Like, there's things that we know that we don't need to be doing or should not be doing. Yeah. Um, and we just need to get open, right, yeah. before God disciplines <laughs> us, right? Uh, I want to challenge you guys. If there's things in your life that, that you that you haven't shared or not, not shared because uh, you know you need to, get open. Get yeah. open with someone that invited you. Uh, study the Bible. Really get open about your life so that you can be holy. Because God calls you to be holy. God calls us to, to be pure. God calls us to, uh, to be open about our lives. Um, don't let the lack of openness prevent you from being great. Right? That's one Amen. of the things that can prevent us from, be, from being great, guys, is by not being open about our lives. Um, we gotta be open. Um, now, obviously, you know, what O and I are sharing, you know, part of a, uh, you know, a communion, um, one of the things that, uh, in terms of greatness, uh, in terms of uh, communion, uh, there's a great quote by Jesus that, that um, mm-hmm. man, I, I would just love to be in this moment of time when he said this, and, and it's found in Luke 13. Uh, as we close on out, uh, there's a lot of things that in the Bible that I wish, man, like, I was there in the moment to see the reaction from people's faces. And and I, I like to imagine, you know, uh, when that time comes, we're in heaven. Now, I imagine us, you know, just having times with, with uh, our brothers and sisters in the Bible, talking to John, like, hey, John, what was that like, man, when you are in prison? Peter, what was that, that like when you stood up in front of the crowd and, and gave that that, that uh, sermon on the day of Pentecost? This is one of the, the moments I would like to ask one of the disciples what was, what was going on in their minds and the reactions that they saw. in Luke 13, mm-hmm. in verse 31, the Bible reads, <throat> At that time, some Pharisees came, in, came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, go tell that fox. <laughs> I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must keep going today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. Mm. O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing." Um, and I can only imagine what was going on in, to, in the, uh, the Pharisees' face when Jesus said, said, makes this remark, right? Mm. Um, Jesus would, was determined to be great. He knew that, that glory lied uh, on the cross, that, it, that his, his, his charge was to, to die for the sins of the world, and he wasn't going to let anything stop him from doing that. He wasn't going to let anything stop him from reaching that goal. And we see that shared here. He says, he says I don't care what, what Herod said. He says, I'm going to reach my goal. I'm going to be great. Um, Jesus was devo- devoted and determined to reach his goal. Um, fully focused on his mission. Are we? Are we focused on the mission that God has put us on earth to do? Um, we see Jesus' example. We're called to follow in his footsteps, guys. We, got to be, we, we need to be determined um, and focus on being great and reaching our goal. Um, every time we take communion is, a, is an opportunity to really uh, reassess assess, uh, and reaffirm our commitment to being great before God. Um, so as you, as you take the bread and you take the juice, I want you to think about this statement that, that Jesus made. That it wasn't going to, it didn't matter what people said, what people did. He was going to reach his goal. He was going to be great for God. Mm. Um, and make that commitment to God, um, as you're thinking about, uh, the cross. Jesus gave up a lot, but he wasn't going to let anything stop him from reaching his goal. Um, going back to LeBron, you know, LeBron has inspired many people, right? Uh, (laughs) Um, a lot of people that look up to him, um, a lot of inspirational moments that, that we have, but we got the greatest uh, figure uh, for inspiration and in, that's in, in Jesus. Um, I really want to challenge the group, guys, to really look uh, at our lives, look at the examples of the scriptures and really challenge ourselves to be great, not only in these areas, but in every a- uh, area of our lives. Um, and if you do that, guys, nothing's going to be able to stop us. Uh, We're going to reach our goal, and we're going to be great examples of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, To God be the glory. Thank you.